Welcome, this is Josh Rees with Mile High Church in Lakewood, Colorado. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. For more information about our church, please visit our website, milehighchurch.org. So the, the Buddha is said to have shared the following parable. Uh, there once was a man who was making his way through the jungle, and he encountered a man-eating tiger. So he began to run, and the tiger began chasing after him, and he found himself on the precipice of a cliff. And there was a vine, and he began climbing down, and about halfway down, he looked down, and what did he see? Another man-eating tiger. He realized, I'm going to be hanging out here for a while. (laughs) He then looked up, and there were two mice, each eating away at the vine. He then saw that out of the vine, there was a strawberry, the most beautiful strawberry he had ever seen. How sweet it tasted. That's the end of the story. What's the moral? Strawberries are in season. Life is filled with disappointments. Anybody else? Enjoy the moment? Yeah. There there is something beautifully transcendent in that story. That no matter the challenge we may be faced with in our lives, the divine mind can provide us with an opportunity for transcendence. The ability of the human spirit to rise above any difficulty. Now, we're a very positive-minded folk here, and so I like that the Buddha can give us um, some harsh rationality. And uh, I love positivity, but I've made my mark in the realm of sarcasm here or there in my life. Uh, I have the honor of putting together our our daily pearls, which you can sign up for online. It's a daily piece of inspiration, and every once in a while I let some sarcasm slip in there, but I try to pull those out, and so I have a couple daily pearl rejects for you today that I do think speak to our message. So the first comes from an incredible Buddhist teacher by the name of Shunru Suzuki, and he shares, life is like stepping onto a boat, which is about to sail out to sea and sink. See you, everybody. Does it resonate? Yeah. Here's another one that I, speaks to my heart a little bit more from the great Kurt Vonnegut. We have to continually be jumping off cliffs and developing our wings on the way down. Doesn't life feel that way sometimes? Making our way out of no way. Yet knowing that each of us has been given this intuition of how to be, of what to do, of how to show up. The great Joseph Campbell tells the story of once watching one of those old Disney nature documentaries. Do you remember those? They were very much the first of their kind in terms of documenting and videoing nature and animals. And he speaks to watching one of these films uh, where Mama Sea Turtle is on the shore and planting her eggs. And just a few days later, all these little green tanks come out. And he comments on the wonder of Mother Nature because every one of these little turtles knows just what to do to head towards 
the water. None get lost. There's no, they're not going every which way. Each intuitively knows to move towards that water. And because it's, it's dangerous, the birds are coming down and getting some of them. And they're moving through there. And Campbell's amazed. Are they afraid of the big waves? No, not at all. And just when they get through the waves, the fish start at them. <laughs> and he comments, life is tough. Life can be really tough sometimes. Don't you feel like that little sea turtle sometimes just trying to make your way to the water? It's amazing to me not to try and sugarcoat the challenges of life, but when we realize that they sometimes can just as much be a catalyst for becoming our highest and best self. That sometimes that very lock, that very wall that very thing you keep coming up against can become the very key to your awakening, to your developing, and to your moving forward. There's something about a lock. There's something about a challenge that helps us to get clear and articulate what it is that we want, that can help us bring forth the best of who we are, and can build and cultivate that faith that there is a divine mind operating in, through, and around us in our life's adventures. I remember a very important lock is the key moment that I had when I was in sixth grade, and I made the decision to run for student council president. Looking back, I still don't know why I did it. My mom was kind of a political junkie, so I guess, and it was an election year, it was 1992, and so I guess that's what made me want to do it. And, you know, the big news uh, during that campaign was uh, Vice President Dan Quayle going into a elementary school in New Jersey, and the kids were having a spelling bee, and one of the kids was asked to spell potato, and he said P-O-T-A-T-O, and Dan Quayle corrected him and said, you forgot the E on the end, which isn't true, uh, isn't supposed to be there, and of course, you know, the media totally understood the mistake and let it go immediately. No, they did not. They let him have it. Uh, for a very long time, and, uh, and I was just as guilty because I decided to use Dan Quayle as the character for my campaign. And so I had all these posters made up with, with Dan Quayle saying things like, Voot for Joosh, you know, all misspelled. And uh, it, it was a powerful learning experience because apparently sixth graders don't generally have their finger on the pulse of American politics. <laughs> And so they had uh, thought that uh, I just didn't know how to spell, you know, first, first rule of, of politics, never underestimate the intelligence of your constituents, but don't overestimate it either. And so it's election day and all the kids get to make a speech. And uh, I'm preparing to give mine and I've got a, another great uh, political savvy trick of uh, one of the, the great lines of that time was George H. Bush saying, read my lips, no new taxes. And uh, he had to raise taxes, which some people argue is why he lost the, the election that year. But I had all these wax lips made up that said, vote for Josh. It was a great, great idea, I thought. And I got up there to speak. I'd never given a, a speech before. And it went over really, really well. 
I was you know, called to this sense of leadership, of wanting to serve others. Uh, people laughed at my jokes. There was an energy in the room that was a little bit electric, and I'm probably over-exaggerating it, but it was powerful for me, and I left that stage walking on air and knowing I have this thing. And uh, a few hours later, I was informed that I did not win uh, the election. It was, it was close, but I had lost, and I took it very stoically. And I rode my bike home, and I got into my room, and I laid down in the bed, and I just started bawling. I just started crying. I didn't even know where it came from. I just started crying so much. It was one of those cries you didn't want other people to hear. So, <laughs> you know those? And my mom heard me, and uh, she came uh, into my room. And it's kind of a tender memory for me today because I don't think I have ever felt as loved by my mom as I did in that moment as she was comforting me. And it took me years to realize, but I realized that those, those tears were the result of coming up against a lock, but ultimately the fact that that had locked had opened up in me a knowledge of what I was here to do in my life, about something that I loved, this call to be of service to others, this, even though I can be a nervous wreck, even right now speaking to you, this kind of joy of getting to speak to others and maybe a little bit of liking being in the spotlight a little bit. This, this idea of creating that sense of community in a space of connection. So this lock, this door, this wall that I hit, unlocked in me an experience of my true talents and passion. And that's why I entitled the message today, The Lock is the Key. Abraham Maslow said, a musician must make music, an artist must paint, a poet must write, if he is to be ultimately at peace with himself. What one can be, they must be. This need we may call self-actualization. This tendency might be phrased as the desire to become more and more what one is, to become everything that one is capable of becoming. What is that for you? Is it an art? Whatever it may be in the art of, of, of your life, supporting your family and loved ones, how you show up in the world. It's amazing, not every challenge, but how a challenge can actually be created by the very drive within us to be the best of what we are. An interesting way to think about the locks that we run up against, that they're there to unlock the best of what is within us. And so in exploring this topic of our challenges, I invite us to, to think about what might be challenging us in our lives and to ask ourselves, not how is this challenge providing a negative experience for me, but how is it calling forth the best what is, that is within me? An interesting thing about a lock is it stops us. It forces us to pause. And I think the most important thing running up against a lock can do is it can help us clarify what it is that we want in our lives. Too often we run into a challenge and we begin to find our identity in it. We start to set up camp in it. Before we know it, we're all challenged all the time. We eat breakfast with our challenge. We take it to work with us. We eat dinner with it. We go to bed with it. We wake up with it on our mind in the morning. We become kind of obsessed, and then what happens is we begin to reflect the challenge, and it shows up in us as, as complexes, as neuroses, 
is personality flaws. And we're all of a sudden trying to fix ourselves because we're blaming ourselves for the challenge happening in the first place. When if we just would pause and say that this challenge isn't a reflection of who I am, this challenge is helping me to clarify what I want and to question myself about why I don't have it. And then that, that something powerful can be unlocked and we can begin to make the simple choices to choose not what we don't want any longer, but to step more powerfully into what we do. Viktor Frankl, the great psychologist, tells the story of having a man come and see him for therapy who had been for a long time in the U.S. military and, in, um, and a U.S. diplomat. And the gentleman's struggling, this is during the Vietnam era, uh, with some American foreign policy, and he just doesn't like his job. And before seeing Frankel, he had spent uh, five years in psychotherapy with the psychotherapist telling him that clearly you have a major father issue that you have projected upon the military. And in order to be happy in your job, you're going to have to deal with your dad issues uh, and with your authority issues so that you can be satisfied in your job. Franco's psychology that he called logotherapy was a, was a little different. It was honoring of complexes and neuroses, but it was really built around the idea that life is about discovering and experiencing meaning and fulfillment. And so Frankel just asked him a simple question. If you weren't doing this job, what would you do? And the man said, oh, I'd probably be a teacher. He says, why don't you do just that? And the man quit his job. And he took his job as a teacher. And he would regularly keep in touch with Frankel to let him know how happy he was. It's a simple story, but I think a profound one that tells us to stop grappling and fighting and having our identity in the midst of what we don't want and start doing the daily work as hard as it is to live how you do want, to really be who you are. I have a little saying in my life when uh, there's a challenge going on or I see something bad on the news and, and it goes like this, don't let what shakes you make you. Don't let what shakes you make you. It's so easy to see a horrible event on the news. It's so easy to have a conflict with someone you love. It's so easy to be annoyed by someone's behavior uh, and then to live down to the negative experience that gives you. And we have to acknowledge our feelings. We should always acknowledge our experience. But what are we going to make of ourselves? How are we going to respond? Are we going to live down to the challenge? Or are we going to say, this challenge is going to awaken the best in me to bring into my life? Because locks, they make us pause to think about what it is that we really want and sometimes to appreciate what we had before the challenge occurs. But they also are designed to call forth the best of ourselves, to help us know that this challenge doesn't possess me, but I possess it. And I'm going to walk right through it by demonstrating the best of myself, the best of who I am. You remember Alice in Wonderland? We have Alice fans here. My daughter was her for Halloween. I almost dragged her out here, but... And whichever Alice story you know of, at some point she chases a little white rabbit down the rabbit hole and she finds herself in this kind of wonderland purgatory, right? This kind of uh, uh, waiting room. There were doors, this is from Carol's version, uh, there were doors all around the hall 
but they were all locked. And when Alice had been all the way down one side and up the other, trying every door, she walked sadly down the middle, wondering how she was ever to get out again. And have you ever found that in your life? You know you're in this waiting period. You know something new is upcoming, but it seems like every opportunity is locked to you. Locked door after locked door after locked door. Why is that? And sometimes I wonder in a spiritual sense as if all of these doors are simply there to tell us of all the people who've walked through before in their own way and their own time. But there's a reason you can't go through those doors. It's because it's not your door. Again, to quote Joseph Campbell, who says, where there is a way or path, it is someone else's path. You are not on your own path. If you follow someone else's way, you are not going to realize your potential. Campbell would speak of Arthurian legends, the Knights of the Round Table, and he would say that when they would go on an adventure, each knight would find the place in the forest where it was most dark and no one had entered before. I'm not asking us to do that today, but to simply recognize that we are here to make our own way. And there's something so powerful that happens when we bring forth the best of ourselves. It's like the universe springs into action. Mother Nature intuited in us and exterior all around us begins to give us support along the way. Alice finds a golden key on a table symbolizing her uniqueness, symbolizing her true self. And she starts walking around and she's trying to see if it fits in any of the locks and, and, and it doesn't. And finally, she sees this little red curtain and she goes down and she opens it up. And there's a keyhole there and she sticks it in and it fits and it opens. It's a, another powerful lesson about the life of spiritual adventure is that there's rarely a door that says, Josh, come in this way. <laughs> you know, we have to look sometimes for those tiniest of openings, those little slivers of opportunities to start a conversation, to take a little risk, to be a little bold, to try something new, to be a little bit more transparent and authentic. These little opportunities become openings that open doors for us in our lives. The key unlocks the door, but there's one problem. Alice isn't big enough to fit in. And this is where that magical support begins to come in because she sees a, a little bottle on the table. And what's it say? Drink me. So she drinks it and she shrinks all the way down and she goes to open the door, and there's one problem. She forgot the dang key. It's up there on the table, right? And, and there's something here spiritually as well. I don't mean to you know, get so into the metaphysics of Alice in Wonderland, but, but there's a powerful life lesson here too, is that just bringing forth the best of ourselves doesn't open the door, nor does just depending on that supernatural support of the divine. They have to go together. This clarity about knowing what you want, this boldness to bring forth the best of who you are, when we bring those things, then the divine can spring into action and we can find those right opportunities, those incredible relationships that seem to come just at the right time. That, that book we read in that line that gives us the inspiration we need, it's then that the universe springs into action and we know just what to do and Alice looks down and there's a little piece of cake and it says, eat me. 
And Jefferson Airplane writes a song about it, right? Uh, <laughs> she says, well, I'll eat it. And if it makes me grow larger, I can reach the key. And if it makes me grow smaller, I can creep under the door. So either way, I'll get into the garden, and I don't care which happens. And that, to me, is the, the understanding of enlightenment. When we bring forth the best of ourselves without demanding just what the path is supposed to look like. When we let the divine in to begin articulating and supporting us in the journey. Alice makes it into Wonderland and before too long, her, she now wants to get back home. And there's this other mischievous support character named the Cheshire Cat, right? And she encounters the cat and uh, she's trying to get home. And he says, which way, are you, which way are you going? Where are you trying to get to? And she says, I don't know. And he says, oh, great. Don't worry. Any path will get you there if you don't know where you're going. But we're giving another powerful life spiritual lesson there that when we do have a sense of who we are and where we want to go, then anywhere will lead us there as well. To have that faith in your own heart, to have that vision, but to not be so attached to it that you can't recognize a mind greater than your own operating on it, allows us to live that life adventure where every lock becomes a key to stepping deeper into ourselves and greater into our livingness. Our founder, Ernest Holmes, said, We are looking for something secure, something we can put our trust in. The thing we are all seeking is reality. We may call it God. We may call it peace of mind. We may call it the kingdom of heaven. But in the last analysis, it is a search for that alone which is permanent. We all know enough about reality to readily believe that if we could push farther into it, there would be wonderful experiences to enjoy. Everyone has at times felt if they could just do something to break the bonds within themselves, open up some door which appears to be closed, they would step into completion and be instantly perfect. Prepare that pathway to move to a deeper degree of the awareness that there is a divine presence in your heart space, in the center of who you are, in your grandest truth. Unlock the knowledge that there is an infinite, yes, infinite power within you, an infinite amount of possibilities around you. And as you access this divine brilliance that, yes, is yours, but it belongs to everyone, it expresses uniquely through you in an incredible way. Stop locking yourself out of your own inner wonder. Stop locking yourself out from experiencing the divine beauty that is in you. And decide, just even in those little openings, in those little cracks of opportunity, to live from that beauty, that brilliance, that genius within you and watch as it begins to show up. Watch as it begins to flower and blossom and watch as the doors that have been closed to you, even if they remain closed, guide you to open ones, guides you into greater degrees of livingness, into greater opportunities to be yourself, into that experience of your divine magnificence. I want to close today with an affirmation. I'm going to put it on the screen. If we're up for it, we can all claim and affirm it together. Although this challenge may reflect where I am, 
It is not a reflection of who I am. I go within to remember the best of what is within me, knowing it is the very key to moving through any obstacle around me. As I bring the best of myself to life, the divine mind provides the best of its life to support me on my way. Indeed, although there may be challenges, do not allow them to reflect on who you are, but allow them to be the opportunity to reflect what is most meaningful and real within you. And know that as you bring the best of yourself to life, the very key the divine made you with begins to fit in all those places around you that unlock the highest possibilities for your well-being, your thriving, your adventure, your forgiveness, and your fun. So just going into prayer today, I invite you to join me if you so choose. I want to invite any of our practitioner or prayer partners to stand and remind uh, anyone watching online that we have online practitioners as well, that if you click the link on our watch page on our website, you can be taken to a Zoom room to receive affirmative prayer. So I just speak this word knowing and affirming that the divine speaks through all experiences. But in particular, I honor how it speaks to our hearts through challenging experiences, through the seeming locked doors, through frustrations or uncertainties, through repetitions of bad habits or habitual living. I simply know that power of the divine to, even through these things, call forth what is best within us, to light that fire in our minds, to call forth the breeze of our hearts, to move us into that greater expression of who we are that is all our life needs to hear and receive, to receive that divine message of what is to be and what is to become. So we open doors of healing. We open doors of prosperity. We open doors of an even greater love to share with those we care most for and with those who care most for us. Inner doors, exterior doors, all of those openings. Thank you, God, for all of these opportunities that make me more who I am and allow me to bring my talents to the world. So honoring your talents, honoring your precious uniqueness, May we express it knowing that indeed that being our highest self co-creates with that divine mind a life of grand joy, deep compassion, and enlightened peace. And so it is. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Mile High Church podcast. This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners like you. To make a donation, please visit milehighchurch.org.